Thank you for joining us to hear today's message. At Faith Assembly, our passion and purpose is loving people to life in Christ. To find out more information, visit our website, faithnewcumberland.com. It is Easter, and Jesus is alive. Amen? Easter means many things to many people. We have many different traditions. I remember growing up and and uh, first thing we did was find our Easter baskets, right? And those Easter baskets were hidden somewhere. I told our kids, and we never, we, we've never hid their Easter baskets. They always find them right on the table. But for us, it was finding Easter baskets, finding eggs. But then we'd go, and we'd worship the Lord at church, and uh, different traditions, maybe pictures. You know, we, we'd try to do a family photo this morning, and uh, different traditions, but it, Easter, just like Christmas, we, we have different traditions, but Easter is all about Jesus reminding us that Jesus is alive, all right? So the resurrection of Jesus Christ is what Easter is all about, and we're here to worship him and celebrate him, so we're so glad you came here. I know we have a lot of family and a lot of friends here today, and it doesn't matter why we came or how we came, but it's just it's just important that we're here, and so we're so glad to, to have you here. Um, if you don't know about our church, we're Faith Assembly, and our, our purpose really is loving people to life in Christ. Our goal as a church is helping you take those next steps in your walk with the Lord. I know we're all on different parts of our journey. Maybe we're saved, maybe we're not there quite yet, but we're taking steps. And our, our goal as a church is to help you take those steps, help you grow closer to the Lord and this journey of faith that we are all in. So we're so glad you to chose to come here today and worship with us. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to come on back and um, be a part of faith assembly. We have a lot of great things, exciting things happening, and uh, look forward to what has uh, what the Lord has in the future. Amen. I tell, tell our leaders the best is yet to come. And by faith, hoping in the Lord, we can, we can believe that. We can believe that God has greater things ahead of us than he has behind us. Amen? Maybe you need to believe that for your family. The best is yet to come for your marriage, for your kids. Maybe you're going through, a, you're struggling right now. You're struggling in your marriage. Maybe you're struggling with parenting issues. And you can believe, you can trust God, you can pray to him and say, you know what, God, I believe the best is yet to come. Maybe I'm stuck in this situation here now but tomorrow doesn't have to look like today. And that's what Easter reminds us, that to, today doesn't have to look like we yesterday did, right? Friday, we celebrate a good Friday. That's when Jesus was on the cross and Jesus cried out, it is finished, and he gave up his body, right? He was, he was dead, they put him in a grave. But sometimes we feel like life is like Friday. It's good Friday, you know, where there's death, there's darkness. But Sunday's coming, right? Sunday, Resurrection Sunday is all about Jesus coming out of that tomb, Jesus proclaiming that he is the son of God, he is the king of kings, and he is the Lord of lords. So we're gonna have a few reminders about Easter today from Romans chapter four, verse 25. It should be on our screen here. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Let's look at that again. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. Would you bow your heads and let's ask God to help us today. Jesus, we love you today. Jesus, we are reminded that you are alive today. No matter what situation we're going through this morning, this week, this month, this year, no matter what we're going through, we know that you are alive. Your presence is here with us. Your power is real. Your power to heal. Your power to restore. Your power to redeem today. So I pray, Jesus, you'd help us to hear your word proclaimed, 
but most of all, you'd help us to live out your word, to, to put our faith and our trust in you, Jesus, the one who is, the one who is to come. In his name we pray. Amen. Easter reminds us of a few things today. And the first thing from Romans 4 is Jesus died for our sins. Jesus died for our sins. Jesus was innocent, yet he died for the guilty. Think about that. Jesus died for my sins. That's just not fair, right? Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. Jesus went to the cross. Maybe we think, well, what what does the cross represent? Why did Jesus have to die? Well, he had to die because we are sinful. We are lost and dead in our sins. So Jesus died to pay the penalty that our sin that we owed by our sins. A few scriptures we'll read. They're not on your screen today, but you can just listen or follow along if you'd like. Romans chapter 5 says this, when we were utterly helpless... Just picture that. We were in a position of being utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. It doesn't say that Jesus came to die for us after we got our act together, right? No, while we were in our sin, while we were helpless, while we were hopeless, while we weren't even thinking about God, Jesus came to die for you and for me. Jesus died for our sins. First Peter 3 says it this way, Christ suffered for our sins. He didn't just die for our sins, he suffered. The body, the punishment that he endured was for our sins. And it says, once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. And as I was preparing and praying over this, it's the idea of the injustice of grace. In our our mind, it's not fair that Jesus would die in our place. It's not fair that Jesus would pay the penalty that we owed. But that's what grace is. Grace means that we get something that we don't deserve. It means someone's been giving, someone has given us a gift that we don't deserve. And that gift is salvation that is offered to us by Jesus. Grace means that God has given us a gift that we are to open. We don't deserve it. We haven't earned it. But he says, I have died for your sins. There's a few action steps on the screen. What do we do with this? Jesus died for our sins, so what? What does that mean for me? First thing is confess your sins to Jesus. Jesus died, but now we need to put our faith and our trust in him. We need to ask Jesus to forgive us of our sins. The second thing is to ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Not just acknowledging your sins. Not just saying, yeah, this is what I've done or this is who I am, but then asking God, would you forgive me of my sins? Confess your sins. Ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins. And then finally, live free from sin. Walk in a life that's free from sin. I know sometimes we say, well, you know, I'm saved and that means I can just do whatever I want. Well, that's not the gospel. That's not the good news. He saves us that we can be different. He saves us, that we can live differently. We confess our sins. We ask him to forgive us. And then we live, we live that, with that fruit of forgiveness in our life. Will we be perfect? No. 
I'll be the first to, to admit I, I make mistakes. But we live free from sin. We, we don't try to live in that habit of sin. But when we do make a mistake, when there is sin in our life, we come back to God and say, God, would you forgive me? God, would you heal me? God, would you restore me? We live free from sin. We confess it to Jesus. We ask him to forgive us. And we live free from it in our lives. The second thing this teaches us is that Jesus was raised to life and he makes us right with God. Jesus was raised to life and he makes us right with God. Not only did Jesus go to the cross to die for our sins, as scripture says in Romans 4, he was raised to life to make us right with God. Again, it's like, how is that possible? How did Jesus make us right with God? That's the grace gift. It says in Romans 5, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. We have been made right in God's sight by faith. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, he makes us right. We, get, we have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for us. He was raised to life to make us right with God. That when God sees us, he sees the work of what Jesus has done on our behalf when we put our faith and our trust in him. The first way we can look at this is when we put our faith in Jesus and what he has done, he forgives us completely. Just think about that. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus, when we ask him to forgive us, he doesn't just forgive us partially. It says he forgives us completely. First John says it this way. If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Think about the most vile, the most evil thing you can think of. The blood of Jesus can cleanse and can wash and can forgive us of all of our sins. There's no exceptions. There's no exclusions. When we put our faith and trust in him, when we ask him to forgive us, he will forgive us completely. The second thing is to be justified in the eyes of God means this. It's as if we had never sinned. The Bible says that he was raised to life to make us right with God or to justify us in the sight of God. And that means that when God sees us, he sees us through the blood of Jesus and it's as if we had never sinned. You might say that's too good to be true. It's too good to be true, Pastor. You don't know my past. You don't know where I've been. Well, that's why it's called good news, right? It's the gospel. It's good news. He justifies us. He forgives us. That when God sees us, he sees us through the blood and the sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Psalm 103 says, He has removed our sins as far as from us, as the east is from the west. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Picture it this way. I know sometimes these concepts are like hard to grasp sometimes. 
Picture you're in a courtroom, all right? And it's tax season, so let's 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 do this in tax tax terms today. Is it I hope everyone's filed their taxes, right? Paid their fair share, right? Well, if you haven't yet, if you're trying to escape that, then this illustration is just for you, right? Imagine you're going through your life trying not to pay your taxes, right? You're like, well, I, you know, I can, just, I can just avoid this and avoid that, and you're trying every loophole and things, and eventually someone comes and you get a little knock on your door, and you're, you're served papers, and maybe you're even arrested, all right? This is, picture this as, a, uh, as maybe an extreme version of what might happen to one of us. But say, you know, you've, you've lived your life avoiding taxes all your life, and so all of a sudden, you now owe $1 million in back taxes. How many would like that bill, huh? How many would like to earn enough income to be at back taxes of $1 million? Maybe you're a professional football player for a year of your life or something, all right? These are the guys that get caught in this because they, you know, they don't, every state they play in, you know, they have to pay taxes to those states, and sometimes it catches up with them. They haven't done all the right paperwork but anyways so million dollars you owe a million dollars in back taxes how in the world are you going to pay that there's no way now imagine the law requires what the law requires at that point you to be arrested you to 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 uh face a judge and if you're found guilty you'll spend time in prison and you'll have to pay fees and penalties and taxes and all all that goes along with it imagine you're sitting in the courtroom you know you're guilty, right? You know you've skipped taxes. You know you've you just said you put them off, put them off. You tried to avoid them any way that you could. And you're sitting before the judge, and you know you're guilty. Have you ever felt guilty before? You ever felt like you knew you're wrong? Like mom found you do something, and you knew you couldn't get out of it. All right, that was me plenty of times. And I, you know, you just you knew you couldn't weasel weasel yourself out of this situation, and that that's where. Picture yourself that way. You're sitting in the courtroom. You're facing the judge. And just as he's about to, to slam down that gavel and to proclaim the verdict of guilty, and you're just waiting for You're waiting for him to say it. In walks a stranger into the courtroom, someone you've never seen before. But someone that looks a little familiar, someone you've heard stories about. You've heard some people talking about this person, and he in walks in, he interrupts the session, and all of a sudden you see him and the judge discussing something up front. And you see the stranger reach in his pocket, and he pulls out what looks to you like a check, and he hands it to the judge, and they're talking, and they're talking, and, and all of a sudden something crazy takes place. The judge calls the bailiff over, and and instead of the bail of coming over to you and placing you in handcuffs, he, he places a stranger in handcuffs. And, and the stranger removes, uh, he puts on the orange jumpsuit and he, and he leads the stranger out of the courtroom in handcuffs. You're stunned, you're confused, you're wondering what had just taken place. And then the judge speaks up. And he says this, ladies and gentlemen, I find the defendant innocent of all charges. You are free to go. How would you feel? You'd be like, what just happened here? You can't believe what has taken place. You entered the courtroom guilty and you're leaving a free person. So you're confused, you approach the bench, you ask the judge to explain, how am I free now? How am I able to leave this courtroom not in handcuffs? And the judge says, someone has just given me a check for $1 million 
to pay all of your back taxes and fees. He has also agreed to pay the penalty for your crime, so he is now in our custody and will remain in prison to serve out your sentence. You are now innocent and are free to go. As crazy as this situation sounds and as probably not as realistic as it would take place in, uh, in our uh, prison service these days, this is the situation we find ourselves in the gospel, the good news of Jesus. When we put our faith and trust in him, we know we're guilty. We know our sin separates us from God. But God, through his love for us, and Jesus, through his sacrifice for us, when we put our faith and trust in him, he forgives us and he makes us right with God. And the last thing is to live right with God. We've been justified. He was raised to make us right with God. So live right with God. Don't, don't neglect the good news. Don't neglect his grace, but allow his grace to, to, to motivate you to live differently. First John says it this way. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, but if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. As we wrap up, I want to show you just this little um, illustration here on, on the screen today. And this is a great tool if you're, if you're trying to uh, witness to someone, someone has questions about what Jesus has done. And I thought we'd just go over this uh, quickly this morning. It's called the gospel Bridge, and and the, the first slide here just says our position before Christ, what Christ has done, before Jesus came into our lives, before before we put our trust in Him, we were separated from God. Right? You see that big ravine there, and go ahead and put the next slide up. It tells the distinctions of who we are and who God is. Before Christ, before our trust in Him, we are sinful. We are imperfect. We are unrighteous. We are unjust. But God's the opposite. He's holy. He's perfect. He's righteous. He's just. He does all the right things, and we do all the wrong things. That's our situation, right? We are all lost. We are all in that condition. The next slide, please. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 is. The wages of sin is death. And if it ended there, that would be bad news, right? We'd be like, oh, I'm guilty. Guilty as charged. Go home and, and wallow in that for a week, right? But what's the next line? But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The good news. The bad news is the wages of sin, the penalty of our sin is death. But the good news is that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Jesus, our Lord, and he brings us together. That, that damaged relationship is repaired. We have what the scripture calls, we have been reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. When we put our faith and our trust in him, when we ask him to forgive us, when we confess our sins to him, when we live free from sin, we become united in a right relationship with God the Father. And that's what Easter is all about. It's the resurrection provides the way, the power, and the ability that we can find a right relationship. We can find peace with God. We can be justified in the eyes of God because of what Jesus 
has done. Would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me this morning? Jesus has come to do this for you and for me. It's the news that sometimes we think it's too good to be true, but that's why the Bible calls it the good news, the gospel. It's the gospel of grace. It's the gospel of what Jesus has done for you. The Bible says that God loved us, each of us, so much that he was willing to give everything. He gave his very own son. Jesus went to the cross, and the Bible says when we put our faith and our trust in him. He forgives us. He restores us. He, he redeems us. And he gives us eternal life. But just like any gift, it's a gift that we are, are we going to open that gift? Will we receive that gift? Or will we reject that gift? We say, no, that's, so, well, that's for someone else. That's for some other situation. Well, maybe if my situation gets bad enough, then I'll open that gift. But Jesus says, open the gift. Receive my forgiveness. Walk in my truth. And I will be with you. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've come through, no matter what you have gone through, Jesus can, Jesus will forgive you, cleanse you. He'll give you a sense of peace. He'll give you a sense of provision that you can overcome any situation if we will only put our trust in him today. So as heads are bowed, as eyes are closed today, maybe you came for a, a different reasons today. You came to, to see family, you came to see friends, but Jesus had a different reason for all of us to be here, to be reminded of what Easter is all about and have an opportunity to respond to the good news of God's grace and his love for all of us. The free gift of salvation is eternal life through Jesus. If that's you today, you say, Pastor, I need, I need Jesus' gift today. I need to receive the gift of salvation today. I'm gonna pray a prayer in just a moment. It's not a magic prayer. It's not, nothing special or magical about it. Just a way that we can, with our hearts, with our minds, declare Jesus to be Lord of our life. I'm going to ask if everyone would pray this prayer, whether you're wanting to commit today, whether you're just recommitting in your life today, would you just repeat after me? Jesus, I declare you to be Lord of my life. Jesus, today, I confess my sins and I ask you to forgive me. Help me to live for you today. Help the gospel of grace change my life. Change me today. Help me to live differently. Help me to think differently. Help me to be the person of God you've called me to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. His grace is so good. His love is 
overwhelming. And I encourage you, maybe I've just been sensing it even during worship, people coming in with all kinds of different things. That Jesus loves us so much, he provides salvation, but he also provides healing. He provides restoration. He provides, maybe you're struggling with something today. Jesus didn't want you just to get saved today. Maybe he wants you to get overcome a situation, receive healing in a situation. So we're going to pray today. And if you have something going on in your life, just give that up to the Lord. Just ask Jesus to, to help you today, heal you today, restore you today. Would you do that? Jesus, we, we lift up our cares to you. We lift up our burdens to you, Lord Jesus, no matter what we've carried in this place. Lord, we believe for healing. Lord, I believe for restoration. Lord, I believe for, for those uh, maybe relationships that are on the rocks today will be restored in the name of Jesus. Someone who's broken in their body would be restored in the name of Jesus. Someone who experienced healing in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that by your stripes, we are healed. And so today, Lord, we put our faith and our trust in what Jesus has done on the cross. We thank you that healing is found in him. And so we pray for healing in people's lives today, people's marriages today, people's jobs today, people's financial situations. Lord, that there would be healing take place. Maybe there's someone's battling depression today. Someone's battling anxiety today. Maybe someone's battling stress today. Jesus, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would heal, you would restore, you would bring life, you'd bring joy into that situation today. You'd bring encouragement to someone's life today. I pray for those who have maybe uh, wrestling with a sickness, re- wrestling with a diagnosis, wrestling with a disease, Lord, that they would experience the power, the presence, and the healing power of God in their life. You would heal, you would restore. Maybe doctors have said one thing, but Lord, you're going to say another thing. You're going to declare life maybe where there is death today. You've, you've walked in this place heavy, but Lord, we pray that we would walk out of this place feeling light, feeling the joy and the presence of Jesus in our lives and we thank you for it in Jesus name we pray in Jesus name